<laughs> Welcome to Burning Let's talk about mansplaining. <laughs> can we talk about mansplaining? Yes. Wait, let me do a quick Let's, intro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As you can tell, the man mansplaining me is Francis Ellis. You guys, he is a long time friend of the pod. I was so nervous to have you on my first time. Really? Because like, I didn't know you. And I was, I asked my friend, like, who should I have? And they were like, oh, Francis is great. I think it was actually Raina and Ashley that recommended oh, yeah. you. And I was a little nervous because you played lacrosse. So you obviously have some red flags in oh, your boy. past. Oh, boy. And we met. And then since then, like, we've been a part of each other's careers, ups and downs, and we've been fast friends. Yeah, you're, you're pretty cool. You're cool, too. You're, um, I like to follow your lead. <laughs> I do. <laughs> you, you show me how hard I could be working and how hard I should be working. But also, you're a fucking Division One Ivy Leaguer. And so are you. Wisconsin, Wisconsin was a strong school. It wasn't the Northwestern. I've played tennis with you. You are a, 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 a true world-class athlete. And I don't know if the people at home are, are aware <laughs> of just how good you are at tennis. Do you talk about it a lot? Um, I had to stop talking about it because people were complaining that I talked about tennis yeah. too much. But all right, then let me say for the <laughs> listeners at home that Hannah Burner is <laughs> a proper like 0.01% athlete. Oh, wow. Thank I mean you. that. You hammer the ball. Have, playing tennis with you was so much fun. We should do it again. It was so much fun. Yeah. With Julio, yeah, your boy, who I have to have on the pod. It's good to have him there with us because then when we can trade me out, the two of you can actually play at the division one level. My favorite is you would miss and then you would yell, that's not who I am. <laughs> You've always been so good at just being too introspective. Well, I, I know on the tennis court when I, I what, what, like what hero shots mm -hmm. I are, how to go for them, oh. but I don't execute them because I don't have that ability. You played um, not within yourself. Yeah. They would say. And so I try to do the Rafael Nadal, mm -hmm. you know, cross court <laughs> ball that lands just over the net because there's so much topspin on it. And I just frame it over the backstop. And uh, it's funny you say that I'm very hardworking, but I actually admire you. And I feel like how you have your life together. I feel like you eat healthy. I feel like your apartment is clean. Mm. I feel like you have good hygiene where I feel like I'm kind of a reckless rat who's like on the the hamster wheel. Yeah. And then when it's time to go home, I'm just like. <sighs> do you do you not take care of yourself? No. Really? I mean, I shower every night because my hair will get greasy, but <laughs> <laughs> I have problems with keeping. Oh, sorry for making this about me and my problems, but. No, I'm, I'm more. I'm curious. About <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of messy and I'll wear like the same outfit for like six days. What time do you go to bed at night? Be honest. Late. Be honest. One to two. Really? And what time do you wake up in the morning? 10 to 11. Wow. Okay. So that's, you're a comedian. I'm, I'm a comedian. Yeah, I don't, I can't be a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I do have to say, I don't like going out at night. I don't even want to be doing shows at night. I want to be lying on my couch, scrolling at night. Ooh. Crosswords. I like a crossword. Are you crosswording or are crossword. you or are you TikToking for eight hours a day? Both. Yeah. 
But I mean, you were complimenting my TikTok earlier. Listen, There's only one way to get there. I I wonder if TikTok, if you have to be an eight hour a day scroller. Oh, do you think they're rewarding in me? order? No, I don't think that. I think Possibly. your content would be there. I just, I just, every TikToker I've met who has a huge following like you mm-hmm. also spends eight hours a day. I definitely know like everything stuff. that's trending. Yeah. If the news has not hit my TikTok or Instagram memes, I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. Like, Des will be like, did you see this huge thing that happened in Ukraine? And I'm like, are they making memes about it? Then I didn't see it. So <laughs> that's, I'm not perfect. Well, my trade-off is that <laughs> I have I have a source of pride in that I won't let whatever the Chinese <laughs> tribunal, I like to picture, are you a Harry Potter person? I've watched it. All of them? Not necessarily, but I know the characters. Okay, so it, it, towards the end, the Ministry of Magic <laughs> became this sort of like dark Supreme Court that was run by Madame Pomfrey, who I, I think that's right. And mm-hmm. she was she was a bad egg mm-hmm. and totally abusing her power. And I like to think that the the people at TikTok who are pulling the strings, who are saying we're like this person, we're gonna put their stuff in front of everybody and we're gonna plug this into the for you page or whatever. We're gonna really pump these people up. They are only rewarding uh, the well, what I was going to say is I, I I have pride that they haven't figured me out. <laughs> My whenever in the, in the rare times where I do go on TikTok to like just to scroll, mm-hmm. which I really don't do, mm-hmm. it is such a mess, and they have no idea what I like. <gasps> they have no idea what's on your for you. Page? I don't know. I don't know, but it's Is nonsense. Is that what you, what you say when you just have a lot of boobs on it? No, it's uh, you could you want to pull it up right now? No. I don't know. It could be lawn care techniques <laughs> and how to cut your cat's fur and like Ooh, I like that. One. What what who knows? Mine I don't is have a so cat. So fucking specific. Nor do I have a lawn. Exactly. And I it's I I'm prideful mm-hmm. over the fact that haha, you can't figure me out. I'm nimble, you bad ministry of magic. Chinese TikTok people. Wow. And and I and yet the trade-off is I have a paltry following on there. <laughs> Your vocabulary paltry. is so fantastic. It is so small compared to yours. It is humiliating. <laughs> it's humiliating. My vocabulary is small compared to yours, but I like to sp- I, I speak with my hands. I'm Italian. We you, can't monetize our vocabulary. <laughs> you can monetize your TikTok. Actually, we've Francis and I loving love to get into really deep discussions. Mm. And I was think we're talking about like why we do certain things. You chose to take TikTok, or you choose to buy healthy stuff, or to clean your room. And I was talking to my therapist about deciding to do things based off of fear or based out of love. Wow. And when I think, oh, I'm going to go to the to the gym mm. or I'm going to post on TikTok because I'm scared I'm not going to be relevant. That's bad energy. Yeah. But if I go, I'm going to post on TikTok because I love creating and I love connecting or I go, I want to work out because I love making, like feeling my body move. So that's helped me overcome some storylines in my head mm-hmm. that get me off the couch. That's really good. That's a much better way to do it. So if you change your perspective of a Harry Potter sorcerer trying to attack you on TikTok, maybe you can make it a place of 
enjoyment. I don't know. But I'm worried. Save so much time in your life. Well, it's that. And it's also, I tried to, let's do an exercise. (laughs) Because you are, you are an expert. And I, I wish I possessed your knowledge. Literally a Harvard grad right now is saying, I wish I possessed your knowledge of me doom scrolling all day because I'm a f- running from my own thoughts. Uh, I think that's negative thinking. It is, but it's- I think I think the positive love thought about you and your TikTok habits are <laughs> I need to know what's relevant and topical so that I can be at the forefront of trending ideas and continue to amass uh, fans and people who enjoy what I do so I can share my humor with the world and have more people come out to my shows to make more money and ensure a more comfortable livelihood for me and my family. This is going to be a little bit of a hot take. TikTok saved my life. I would argue that I was like Instagram became kind of like a hateful place. Mm. And then like I was on a medium where I felt like I wasn't, I I lost control of like my identity and, Mm -hmm. and shit. And TikTok became a place where I could just rawly show who I am Mm -hmm. to people who didn't know who I was. Yeah. So I got a high off of that. Did, uh, was that all, was that Instagram? Was that from the, the, was that from from Summer House? Reality show stuff. Yeah. Like there was just a lot of like hate on Instagram. Instagram could be negative or TikTok. Do I get bullied occasionally by 14 year old? Yes. And fuck that 14 year olds. (laughs) I'll fuck their shit up. Mm -hmm. But it was more like because of the algorithm. Like I just posted a video like about liking girls who laugh really loud and obnoxiously. And it's literally going to girls that they think loud, laugh loud and obnoxiously based on their content. So those girls are finding me and saying, I want to be your best friend. Uh, and I'm like, holy fuck, I'm starting a cult. Wow. A loud, laughing, obnoxious feminist war zone. that doesn't sound all that fun (laughs) i don't know how many of those meetings i'd want to go to (laughs) i hope that's not anti-feminism just (laughs) anti-noise um (laughs) so anyway that's how i'm doing yeah okay so here's so what's this activity the question i had the the exercise yes pitch me why i should spend more time and commit more to tiktok from a standpoint of positivity and love, as as you said. Oh, well, I would argue you're already, you love creating content, right? You're putting out content. What's the goal when you put out content? You know, reach people. Reach people. Gain fans. Gain fans. Have them come to my shows, make more money. Be- those are all beautiful things. <laughs> Wait, you guys, we're sitting in like therapist chairs and this is getting really intense. Actually, this is giving like inside the actor's studio. Are you 100% sure this is recording right now? <laughs> I hope it is so Did bad. you check? Did you check the sound? Yeah, she said it's recording. She did? She knows? <laughs> yeah, she'll <laughs> check. Okay, so this is the thing. This is just mathematics. The way Instagram works is it sends the content to people who know you mm-hmm. and follow you and support you. It's not a discovery app. You literally just said you want to reach people. Oh, yeah. So TikTok is a discovery app where you post something and it sends it not to your followers, to a random group of people. And if they engage, it sends it out to more random people. If they engage, more random people. So there's actually a chance for things to go viral on TikTok. Yeah. So if you're going to be creating all this content and you want to spread... (laughs) Spread your seed. Mm. (laughs) You want to spread your seed into the world. It's... It's just like 
logical that you post it to TikTok. Okay. So then do I need to do it or could I hire someone who really knows TikTok to run mine? Yes, you can hire someone. I could do it? You could literally send them your stand-up and say, can you cut some clips, send it to me, let me approve them. If I like them, post those clips, tag them the right way, post two to three a day. Thank you. And then you take old podcast clips that are still relevant, evergreen, send them all that too. So doing podcast clips, stand-up clips. Also, I use TikTok for joke writing. So I'll think of something funny. You do this all the time. Like when you're walking and you do on Insta stories, you think of a funny premise, you kind of come up with a punchline and you put it out there. And if people respond, refine it a little, try mm-hmm. it on stage. Okay. I have a whole bachelorette sketch that started from me just wanting to come up with something funny for TikTok. I'm not sketch, like bit. I have one of my closers is from me just talking about guns on TikTok. Oh, wow. So if you said once a day, I want to think of a funny premise and just say it to TikTok, it's a writing thing. Yeah. I mean, I'll fucking sell you on this all day. It may be, given what you just said, it may be that my hesitation about TikTok and everything I've said to you is really just a smokescreen for my own laziness. But that's the thing. I don't think you're lazy. I'm not lazy, but maybe I I still do have the capacity to do more work. I don't think it's laziness. I think it's anxiety. Well, I don't fear. I've gotten over the fear of uh, of negative feedback. I don't really feel that that much anymore. But I'm saying like, is it kind of just anxiety to be like, oh, I have to put more things on my plate that might not be worth it. That's unknown. It feels exhausting because that's what I dealt with before I was on TikTok. <laughs> Because I don't think you're be, lazy. This is going to be me saying something that you're going to disagree with. Oh. I fundamentally think TikTok is bad for the world. No, I agree with you. But what are your reasons? Well, I think that it is, I think it's a way for China to corrupt the youth of America and take their minds away from more educative or meaningful pursuits because the the amount of time that young people are spending on the app is mind boggling on a larger scale i think social media is the reason for most like so much mental health issues depression anxiety social media as a whole but tiktok under the umbrella of so bad because of social media i think it's better than instagram because it's Instagram creates this perfect lifestyle mm-hmm. and aspirational where TikTok is more raw and that's why more comedy people do better there than Instagram. I see. And it also, it the algorithm could be for anything. It's not just a dancing app. So like if you're really into politics, you will get political TikToks all day. Okay. So like, or you're really into cooking, you're going to get cooking all day. Yeah. So there are ways, but ultimately I just do think I miss the days when like you didn't, have a social profile. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember it. Pre MySpace. Just. Oh, I remember. I think I was like 11. But, but we had the same amount of anxiety. True. Then. We feared terrorism in the same way that I fear TikTok. <laughs> <laughs> that was what I just thought any day that I was walking, I would get caught in a roadside bomb. Yeah. In rural Maine. <laughs> You were mean. Like, yo, I don't think Al Qaeda <laughs> is wasting their time on rural Maine. 
<laughs> Do you miss rural Maine? I miss it deeply. Uh-huh. Categorically. Uh-huh. Rural Maine, we quarantined there and yeah. the world slowed down. And at first it felt very quiet and isolated. And the longer we were there, the more I started to think how I didn't need so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And it siloed life and it simplified. And we started looking at places up there. Wow. We would get drunk and go on um, real estate listings with like oh, a that broker. Shit is so fun. With no intention of. We, with a physical broker. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> drunk with the broker. He had no idea that we were like not even <laughs> really considering it. Dude, Zillow window shopping is my shit. Yeah. And I love being like. I would never. And it's like a home you can't afford. And you're like, bad taste. Just how could they? The windows? I, <laughs> <laughs> really a, uh, an extension on the East Wing? Disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. There's certainly not enough room here for uh, <laughs> my family of 17 <laughs> that we're going to have. My poor wife. <laughs> Where's your wife from again? She's from Pennsylvania. Is it like a suburban area? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a lovely area. It's... Uh, Right where Washington crossed the Delaware oh, wow. to double back on the Hessians on Christmas. Do you know about that? No. So in, It didn't come up on my TikTok algorithm. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember no. in the Revolutionary War? I wasn't born. Remember <laughs> <laughs> uh, in 1776, mm-hmm. okay, the British, we, we said we don't want to be part of England. We don't want to pay taxes to England anymore. Yep. No taxation without representation. Yes. And the British said, get in line. You're our colony. We own you. Right. And George Washington and our our army of, you know, guys, farmers who picked up yeah, rifles, pitchforks. gotten, you know, got into it, uh, said, we're going to fight for our rights to be our own country. And, um, we fought, we fought the British and they were way better. They were way better than we were. Yeah, How did we beat them? Well, we just retreated for a really long time. We retreated. <laughs> did we really? Yeah. <laughs> we retreated for a really long time. We retreated from um, Long Island across from Brooklyn Heights, across the river to lower Manhattan and then all the way up Manhattan. By the way, they're fighting us. They're chasing us. <laughs> And they're way better than we are. And they, they then all the way over to the west side um, in like northwest Manhattan, like kind of upper west side-ish. Mm-hmm. And then we went over to Jersey mm-hmm. again, crossed the Hudson this time. And we were like, oh, it's gross here. Yeah. And we and we retreated all the way through Jersey across the, uh, across the Delaware River. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I believe you. Across the Delaware into Pennsylvania. And then we like set up camp there. And there's that famous painting that you've definitely seen of of George Washington in the boat. Exactly. And that was when it was Christmas and the, the British had hired a bunch of German guns for hire, the Hessians. Right. And they were celebrating. They were getting drunk and they were in their camp. And Washington said, we're going to now we're going to go. We're going to counterattack. We're going to stop fleeing. We're going to go attack. We're going to cross the river. We're going to attack. And we, we surprised them. And that was like the turning point of the Revolutionary wow. War. Do you remember British Dave? Yeah. <laughs> I used to date this guy, British Dave. I liked him. He's such yeah, a nice guy. Such a sweet guy. Honestly, 
awesome. And I <laughs> I would always be like, you lost the war to us. Wow. And his excuse was like, honestly, we had too much admin. We had like so many countries we were running. We, we literally forgot we were in a war. <laughs> admin. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, whenever I like don't do anything, I go, it's too much admin. I can't do it. I like um, that. But yeah, that was really informative, Francis. Yeah, there's a great book, uh, 1776 by David McCullough, um, which is, it, it reads quickly. It's exciting because it's really exciting. So <laughs> your wife is from there. She's from <laughs> right around, very, very near the spot where Washington. Is she as passionate about it as you are? No. No, but she. So fun fact. Grew up in this lovely area and she loves that area. And has very fond memories and has brought me there many times. And well, it's interesting when two people come together. Congrats on your wedding. You know, Thank you. since our first pod, you guys can listen to it. We've both gotten married. We've both had entrepreneurial careers. We've both had a lot of changes in our life. Pre would we say falls from grace? I would say we've had falls from grace. <laughs> would you call yours a fall from I don't want to be insulting. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I had a fall from grace. And I we, called you didn't it have an ego death. Ego death? Do you know what an ego death is? No. <gasps> we could argue that we both had a certain ego in our career. Yeah. And then whatever happens to you destroys your ego. You lose yeah. everything that you thought was important to who you are. So then you're just raw and you have to rebuild and see life through a new lens that isn't based off of that old ego, which we actually didn't need. Wow. That's true. That is true. Do you agree? I, 100%. Like you're a way different person I than am. you were when you first were at Barstool. Yes, I had to be. You know something though, Hannah Burner? Yes. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? The old ego is shed mm -hmm. and the things that we thought defined us. Oh, now we become new monsters. <laughs> well, we learned that we could succeed on our own. And that, in a way, gives you more confidence. Yes. I also. That's a sturdier ooh, ego foundation. This for is the a new very ego. powerful moment in the pod because I do feel like we both had an ego death. We both fell from grace. And I learned, I want to ask you what you learned. I learned, not to make it about me, but that I could survive it. Yes. So once you go, holy shit, my biggest fear happened, I survived it. It's not that you're like that much better than you were before. It's that mentally in your head, you are so much stronger mm -hmm. to like whatever the future holds for you, if you yeah. know what I mean. Like, you know, when you're younger and like you go through one breakup or like one bad test or a teacher gets mad at you and you feel like your world's over. Yes. Like, I guess this is us maturing. There's power. There's power in realizing you're fine and not only fine, but potentially better doing better at a point mm -hmm. you get to a point where you're like wait a second i'm now ahead of where i was before the fall from grace and also what defines ahead like what defines success i think on fundamentally it was like i was making more once i all of a sudden there was a point that took a long time but there was a point where i was making more money mm -hmm. and i thought well, from a just a data standpoint yes i was like that's undeniable mm-hmm that is a, I, I'm further along at this point than I was two and a half, two years ago, whatever. Besides the financials, how has your relationship with yourself evolved in terms of like self-hate or 
oh forgiveness or you know your point of ego death rings true because I'm I would say I became a lot humbler yes and it's there's peace in that same um you know I I I find myself I guess with with more local aspirations now which I don't know if that's true for you what's a local aspiration you know I used to think little wins it's it, for I used to think my 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 sky used in my mind used to be unlimited there the sky was the limit it was like I could end up in Madison Square Garden or mm-hmm. on Saturday Night Live or hosting the Tonight Show someday and all these things are just a stepping stone and I can't wait to get to that top of the mountain. Mm-hmm. And now after having gone through that and lost it and 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 then slowly coming back, I think now I'm like, hey, you know, a... a, a uh, getting getting this is great. Making ten percent more a year is great. Being able to turn work down so that I can spend more time with my wife is a luxury that I have to earn. And um, being able to buy a, a place that we can escape to on the weekends, or you know, have an extra bedroom in an apartment for when we maybe want to have a child and I don't know, maybe afford a nanny so that she can get back to work sooner. We can get back to work sooner, like balance our lives because we, we can afford help. Those are my dreams now. It also sounds like you've become more grateful. Yeah. Like the little things that you want that you aren't taking for granted, which is powerful. Yes. But I also would argue, unless if you've completely changed your goals, I would argue that you're just going about your dreams differently, where before it was like, I want all of it now. I think it was very self-serving before. It was very, it was very arrogant, the way that I viewed myself, because I, um, I had not, you know, it's, it's when you're young and you go from not being anything to kind of having success and all of these followers and people saying, whoa, this is great. This is great. Or, you know, this is terrible. Mm-hmm. You believe both extremes mm-hmm. and you, you live and die by the feedback of people and you don't, you don't, the, you know, you don't put stock as much into what matters, which is like, your parents being like, you're doing great. We're proud of you. Like, that's true. Or your wife or whatever. Um, You just think, man, the people have spoken (laughs) and I'm as good as the fact that I have all these people. Or like you're literally as good as the last comment you read. Yeah, exactly. And um, now there's just a little bit, it's just gentler waters. And uh, I'm, I'm very happy with that because you know, the other part of it is, is that you realize all of this is just a job. It's a job and I could lose it again. Mm-hmm. And if I lost it again, I would find other work. Mm-hmm. I would, I know how to do it. I know how to make money in different places. I know how to cobble together different revenue streams. Mm. And I also know that 
My work is not my full identity. Yeah. It's not the thing that defines me. What defines me is my relationship with my wife, my family, uh, playing with the dog, um, you know, learning, learning from people, my friendships. That's so much more of, of the heartbeat of my persona, I guess, if that makes sense. I'm really proud of you. Well, thank you, Hannah. Because it's, that's, that's like confidence. And that is something that's like, have you read the book Stoicism? I have not. I haven't either, but you should. <laughs> <laughs> I, read, I literally don't read, but I heard it's about like learning to be stoic and yeah. not about the highs and lows, but finding that like owning what stoicism is. I don't really know what it is, but. Stoicism, is this mansplaining? <laughs> Let's, let me ask you this. I set you up for mansplaining. I'm nervous about mansplaining. I, let me ask you, what, what is mansplaining? Oh yeah, this is how we started the pod. What's mansplaining? Okay. Tell me what mansplaining, mansplain, woman'splain mansplaining to Oh, me. hell yeah. Well, from my experience, ooh, for example, when I was at the University of Wisconsin, I come from a basketball family. My grandpa was a basketball coach. My dad was a basketball coach. I grew up just watching basketball. I know a lot about basketball. And at the end of my tenure, I worked as a sports broadcaster briefly. So like I got the job, I did whatever to do to get the job and I'm watching a game and one of the guys is like, has 14 rebounds and like 10, 10 assists and that's a double double. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm definitely going to write about it. And then some guy comes over and he's like, okay, so that because it's two digits and that's two digits, mm. that's a double double. So that's an example of like mansplaining when it's like, I know it. But like, because I'm a woman, you thought I didn't know it. Okay. Or, or like you're in a meeting and someone says, like a guy just assumes that you don't understand something for right. their own ego to feel like they, they know it and you don't. Okay. So that's what I thought. Okay. <laughs> so you did woman's point because I knew it already. I did. No, but, but, but this is my question. Do you have to know the the material already in order for me to for it to be mansplaining? I would argue yes. Okay. Because someone just explaining something that you don't know is just explaining something. But mansplaining is when it's shit you know and they're assuming you don't. But what if it's something you don't know, but I'm assuming that you don't know it because you're a woman and I explain it to you in condescending terms. Ooh, that's Isn't a very that good question. still mansplaining? Um, like, like what if, what if let's, let's go back to the revolutionary war okay. one we just did. Yeah. I don't what know if the way that I had explained that to you was like, like you but my thing is, I would argue that like, whether you're a guy or a girl, it do, it's not, it doesn't know. You can be a different, a war buff regardless. And I also don't know about it. So I wasn't offended, but if I was sitting here and you didn't know I played tennis and you started fucking explaining tennis to me or like, there's a lot of mansplaining with. Even like comedy. Well, now we're getting into like, like I walk into places. It also could be my own perspective too. Like I'll walk into a place and I know that they don't think I'm a comic working that night. Hmm. And sometimes I'll purposely have like a chip on my shoulder and like walk by security, like daring them to be like, excuse me. Then I turn and I go, I'm a comic. And they go, oh, sorry. When that might happen to every single dude that walks in. Hmm. But because I'm a woman and I know they definitely don't think I'm a comic, I like I have that frame of mind. Do you wonder, do you ever, is there any chance mm -hmm. that you are not giving people a chance? I think I'm projecting, but based on like previous experiences. That's fair. 
you know, but I know I'm projecting because sometimes I'm like, okay, they don't know you. Like they don't know any of the comics. You have to say, hi, I'm a comic. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> but sometimes I'll be like, it's definitely because I'm a girl. Uh, and I know that. And some guys, I don't get mad if they mansplain. Things that annoy me is like, I used to work in sales and guys would just assume that I wouldn't know certain things or I would say something and they would like repeat it to the boss and the boss would be like, oh, well, a guy explained it to me. So I get that. I get uh, that. And the kind of yeah. the boys club communication mm -hmm. where you're like, no, but I said that. Right. I, I literally said that. <laughs> well, that, that to me is just like sexism. Yeah. That's sexism. Yeah. Right? And I think, but I would argue that like I womansplain. Uh, to men, like certain things, like I would assume maybe like Bravo. I would explain to you how Bravo works, assuming you don't watch Bravo. Yeah, and I'm trying to think if I would ever get offended if you explained something to me that I already knew and I assumed that you were doing it because you, <laughs> you know I'm a man. But I would argue that like le knowing about feminine type things is not like a flex, so you wouldn't care. That is... That's those are your words. No, that is societal. Okay, but I'm saying I don't like think that I don't think that you are feminine uniquely, things. You are uniquely metrosexual. Yeah, but I don't think. Can you say metrosexual anymore? Hundred percent. Okay, just. <laughs> I don't think I don't think feminine things are not cool. No, it's not that you don't think it's cool, but I'm saying there's masculine. This is like we're getting. I have to think. There's m more masculine things that are respected in society. Like for example, fashion, influencing. People are, Giselle is making so much fucking money doing that shit, but it's not like respected, even though she's making more money than Tom Brady. Tom Brady universally gets more respect with his career than her career of modeling. Cause Is it because it's a female oriented thing? Teaching, why is teaching, why are they making such little money? Is it cause it's a female oriented career? Um, yeah, yeah. Man, there's that's a there's a lot to unpack there, yeah, and, and I I, I think you're right. I know I know you're right. I know that this that we still value, let's call them more traditionally masculine, I guess pursuits. And I have internalized misogyny, cultural like, things. Yeah, like I would like when I was little. Actually, when I played tennis on the boys' tennis team, I got in trouble in an interview because I said I want to play like the boys. And all these feminist blogs, and that's just what you learned as yeah. a kid. You don't want to throw like a girl, you want to play like a boy. Right. And all these feminist blogs took it and they were like, this is problematic. That was early on cancellation. <laughs> Did you get in trouble for that? Well, I I was definitely getting hate from it, but as a kid, I, I really like got really interested in what feminine, feminism was after reading it mm -hmm. and being like, oh wait, that's kind of cool that if you speak, how you speak affects how people view the world. Yeah. But but this is this is something that um I find troubling, okay. <laughs> and I'm I'm worried about the what I'm about to say. This is a safe space. It's not. <laughs> this might be a TikTok clip. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, um, this is something that I'm I'm troubled by, which is that, and you you mentioned it. There is sometimes a wall is put up before you're given a chance. And what I mean by that is I like to consider myself somebody that is a little bit more enlightened and an ally and, you know, willing to defend feminism and, you know, marginalized groups and all of that. And sometimes people just assume 
because I'm a straight white man that I'm have, the enemy. Because you have a Trumpy head? Sure. And I'm not asking for like sympathy over that. <laughs> I'm just saying you you might gain some valuable soldiers mm-hmm. in the fight mm-hmm. if we were a little bit more willing to say like, maybe we can get that guy. Maybe that guy is with us. Well, that's why I think this conversation is very powerful because we are having a very open, pretty like comfortable dialogue of you being like, what does this actually mean? What does that mean? And me saying, does does that make sense to you? Or am I projecting it on myself? Right. And that's what I think it's about. It's about feeling like you can have conversation. I do argue because you have a good jawline <laughs> that it can perturb people. <laughs> I do think that there's a little bit of like, yeah, you just, you project privilege in a mm. way that I've never seen before. Yeah. It's, it's your face. It's <laughs> your aura. <laughs> but I can't, I can't help that. And then therefore <laughs> you get into. And I can't help that I have a vagina and I get treated differently. Exactly. So. And your, and your cause is more. No, Every, we're marginalized all living our than own, mine. But we're, yes, I don't. I don't think. But we all are living our own experience. And what I do think people can take from what you said is, I let's be more open to dialogue. I think. I think it's like, yo, you might miss out on some really valuable people that would be willing to play on your team. Oh, fucking for sure. And and that isn't to say that if a woman looked at me and was like, fuck you. I know what you believe. You don't, you're not on my team that all of a sudden I'm going to be like, you know what? If you don't want me, I'm going to go play for the other team. Fuck women. That's not it. I will always be on the side, the right side. I, 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 that's, but, but if you don't, if you don't have space in your heart, (laughs) (laughs) if you don't have space, to believe or, or welcome someone over or, or give them a chance. Um, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to sort of fight alongside that. Have you had an experience many times? Can you give us an example of what you mean? Yeah. Let me think now I need to not lie. (laughs) I can't lie about this. This has to be real, but you also, you can change the names. Here's one. Okay. I've had two interesting, two totally opposite experiences in an elevator. One time I was in an elevator and I was with some of my friends and I know to let women out of an elevator first. (laughs) Okay. And one of my friends doesn't know that. And he tried to go out first and the woman put her arm (gasps) on his chest and said, no, no, you wait for me. And she walked out. We were were young. We were in college and I was like, wow, cool. You know what I mean? Like, that's fine. That's funny. She put him in his place for an unwritten rule of chivalry, right? And I've had the exact opposite experience happen since, which was I was in an elevator with a woman and I, the door opened and I said, after you. And she said, what? you think that you need to wait for me because I'm a woman? (gasps) And I said, no, uh, just trying to be polite. She said, well, don't do that. (gasps) And then, and then she walked out. Wow. Well, so those are fundamentally (laughs) incompatible experiences. 
And again, I think it goes back to the communication of like people have different opinions, but are you willing to discuss something like that? Because for me, I actually, I don't have strong opinions on it, but I don't love when like strangers are like, let the girl go. I don't like being thought of as like the female, let the female, let the female go, but I'll never be offended by it. If I'm on a date, I kind of like it. Yeah. Like it, it goes like, it is very fluid. It's weird. Depends on the context. If the person had a bad fucking day that day, right. but I really love your openness about it. And you are an ally to the burning hell community. Thank you. <laughs> and I do think like, holy shit, you've done so much amazing work on yourself and continuing to do. Thank and you. I just can't wait to see where you go. And I can't wait to have you back on the pod to talk more shit. Francis, where can people follow you? See you live? Yeah. Give me the goods. Listen Thanks, to Anna. you. It's been an honor to be here. I, I really appreciate <laughs> it. This was cool. This is, this is, this is so cool. We could talk for hours. I know. Uh, you can check out our podcast, myself and beloved fellow friend and comedian, Julio Gallarati. Hannah's done it. Oops, the podcast. Uh, it's very fun conversation among friends, mm -hmm. sort of, you know, mining the male neuroses a bit, which is kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, you can just follow me on Instagram and, and Twitter and all of that. Uh, look me up, Francis Ellis. You'll find me. Um, that's it. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. Thanks so much. And thanks for coming to hell. Bye guys. <laughs> <laughs>